Hi, it's Kristen. If it's okay with you, I'm just going to kind of jump in this week because I've had a lot of nervousness around this conversation. I just want to rip the Band-Aid off. Oh, but I will say here, if you have the chance at the end of the episode to hang around for a minute, I've got a little announcement that I want to share with you. Okay. So, like I mentioned last week, I've always had these really intimate one-on-one connections with specific people in my life. Kind of like, do you remember when you had your best friend in middle school and you did everything together and talked all the time and couldn't imagine a moment without them? It's like I've gotten to have a few of those friends in adulthood, and they're really great. A handful of years ago, I found one of those friendships and we became basically inseparable for two years. I've never been in such an open, honest dialogue with another human being before. We referred to this little two-person experiment we were building as Friendship Lab. We could talk about anything, and we each held space for the other to show up exactly as we were, while also inspiring one another to be better. (laughs) We traveled together, worked together, we practiced yoga together. She was with me through my pregnancy and my first year as a mom. We moved next door to one another. The bond we had was of this level of emotional intimacy that I'd never even known was really an option before then. And it was one that I came to realize eventually I could not imagine losing. But she met a man, and I watched and then panicked as her resonance began falling out of sync with our relationship in order to better attune with the one she'd begun building with him. Isn't it strange how the void where something used to be is so often the very thing that makes us aware of its existence. Well, in the face of losing our life together, I recognized that I'd fallen in love with her. I was pretty shocked, but I was also really excited to know that I could fall in love with someone. I told her. I told her I didn't want to lose what we'd built those previous two years. I told her I wanted her to choose our relationship. She said she couldn't. The depth of the heartbreak was really all the data that I needed to know that, platonic or not, I really had been in love. That was just over three years ago now. We have found our way back to a different kind of friendship at this point, but we never talk about the partnership we lived together in for for two years. We don't acknowledge the year and a half that it took me to put myself back together after she left. Friendship Lab was based on total honesty and openness, but after it collapsed, it feels like we've left a lot unsaid. So you're beginning to see why I'm nervous about today's conversation, yes? What am I doing? Okay, I have no idea, but um, it feels important. It feels like it feels like this is going to be a big piece of the puzzle after what we discovered last week. Maybe acknowledging the relationship will simply it'll simply lighten the load of it that still tugs. So then I don't have to carry it into my forever relationship. Maybe it's just a conversation I want to have, and this is my excuse. <laughs> Regardless. I'm calling her up. So I've asked her to come sit in this small recording booth with me and have a conversation about relationship. To my surprise, she said yes. 
maybe she was curious too. Um, I suspect that's what attracted us to one another in the first place, actually. We recognized that one another had this spark of maybe reckless curiosity and a willingness to run full tilt towards the unknown. I set things up by telling her about this project and that essentially I'm about to turn 35 and I want to find my forever partner. I've never experienced wanting a partner. Mm. I've just met people that suddenly I'm partnered with. So what does it mean to want a partner? What are you wanting? The simplest answer here would be what we had, but romantic. I don't say that, though. The person that is my person, that's the person that is someone I can count on, someone who we're in the mutual agreement of, you know, we are teammates in finding ways to bring joy and health to this thing we call family that we've decided is an important thing in our lives, is a priority in our lives, if not the priority. I know I'm talking around it in circles, that I'm not being clear. I tried to get a little closer to what I mean without actually saying it. I just, I know how hardwired I've been to have a best friend. Once you get out of high school, that doesn't happen. That's not necessarily like a setup in most people's lives, you know, to have that one go-to person. And it becomes, you know, I think more often than not, partner. But I do know that it feels really great to feel like there's someone out there who is in it with you, you know? That's, I think, what it means to feel that I want a partner. Okay, thanks. You know? And obviously, my I have no dating background, so I don't have experience of that in the romantic context. I absolutely have experience of that in the friendship context, you know? For those of you playing along at home, I'm talking about our relationship again and still being a chicken shit about it. Maybe we should turn it into a drinking game. Yeah, but I'm, I, so I'm really interested in the chemistry of friendship and of, of who we choose to have in our, choose being, you know, a loose word, um, <laughs> to have in our lives and who we become close to and who we just don't, you know? Great question. And like, cause I've told you that I've got, I have the sudden hit of all these new friends. My son started preschool a few months ago, so I've suddenly made a ton of new mom friends all at once. Mm. And I'm very clear that I've got this, like, great little Petri dish of, say, of, oh, I am drawn to this person. I'm not drawn to this person. Oh, I am wondering if I did something that this person now thinks I'm weird. And, like, why am I even worrying about that with this person where I could care less with this other person? You know, and everyone kind of being on that same timeline of new friendship. And it being so starkly obvious because I haven't had the experience of having immediate chemistry with romantic partners. But I can say, oh, there are certain people I meet in my life where there's that like, oh, oh, I see you. That is still amazing to me. If your listeners don't know, <laughs> the way that we could go through an airport and you would see nobody. You would rec- you, I would say, did you see that woman? Did you see that man? Did you see that? Nothing. Nothing. Incredible. So by virtue of not seeing anyone, when I did see people, it felt like, bah, 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 like it felt like a little spotlight occurred, you know? Mm. And so I think I read that now as my, the, the chemistry that I have with certain people and that I don't have with other people. And I assume that the new friendship 
feeling is similar to the new relationship feeling. I remember when I was in LA and first making some friends there that there was one girl in particular that I was like, let's have a friendship date. Like we just, we spoke it because it was so obviously that like, hey, I think maybe we could be friends. Like let's, you know, and she like came over and we just hung out that night and it was like the little... Same thing as a little awkward first date, but, you know, slightly less awkward because the stakes felt different. And I wonder, I wonder if that's part of, um, you know, they say that when you end up in partnership, you end up replicating patterns. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if it's the same with friendship where we find if there are just certain people who cue something off where it's like, oh, comfortable, I know you because there's something familiar in them that really is familiar, that really is like... Oh, I do know you because I've known like you my whole life. What I hear you saying is that because you have experience of friendship and an understanding of that landscape and an understanding of chemical hits of excitement and interest and intrigue and a sense of connection that you feel like that gives hope for a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the hope that I'll be able to recognize it, I guess, too. Um, and yeah, I definitely, right from meeting you, I just felt like, oh, I felt just like, hi, hi I see you. And then as we started to um, practice together some, realizing that, oh, same, same, same. We're going through same, same in a lot of ways and seeking same, same and allowed the opening for that conversation. And our friendship has always been based on our relationship with God. That um, connection from different, very different places. Mm-hmm. We came to God from different routes. Yeah. And you know what I mean by God. Uh, and so that was the primary conversation for us. Mm-hmm. And that allowed us to be close quickly and intimately because the conversation was always around that primary relationship. So it was, we were friends, and we were friends with God. Yeah. And so with everything that you were tackling and taking on during that friendship, it always had that support. Mm -hmm. To me, it always seemed like that is what allowed for your amazing capacity of bold, bright trust, specifically around the discovery that you had a child growing within you. And I never sensed even the slightest waver. There wasn't even a moment of doubt. And, you know, that was part of our shtick, was the play of doubt and, and, you know, the play of what and looking and tackling and turning and spinning and throwing it back in the water, you know, back and forth. And there wasn't, there wasn't, and that's always been one of my favorite moments of our friendship was just being so stunned and in awe and just amazed at the strength. I, I, your, your trust there was so humbling I really, at that moment, so many moments before and after, but at that moment, just felt so blessed to get to be close to you and that and witness that. 
listening to you talk about the fact that we were both in this seeking and conversation with God, I mean, I think that that's really part of the template for kind of what I'm looking for, which is this, uh, you know, as, much as, as I just said, where I'm with someone who has this common agreement that this is the thing that's important, and so we're going to nurture and evolve that. And having a trusting God and a relationship with God was kind of that in our relationship. It was that like, okay, we're in this mutual agreement that this is the thing that we're going to work with and help each other work with and talk about and mull over and, and, and try to help thrive and be healthy in one another. Um, and I think that that, that was certainly the first time I'd ever had someone else who could meet me in that spiritual seeking kind of way. And so because of that, that gave our friendship the capacity to go through lots of external changes. And, and as we saw, it gave us the friendship to, you know, dismantle a lot of things. So yeah. just as, you know, perhaps I was a witness for you in the dismantling of this high-heeled, corporate swinging... Oh my gosh, <laughs> were we friends when I was doing yes. that? Yes! Oh, really? Yes! Wow. And, you um, have been there for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, into the yoga, into working for the yoga, into traveling together. And we worked so well together. You also then witnessed the whole dismantling of my life, the whole dismantling of that. But again, because of the trust in God and the essentially obedience to that very clear direction, mm -hmm. it allowed both of us to hold the mutual surprise and the space for each other in that. Yeah. I wonder if the intimacy is the result of a relationship being through things or if it's something that there is a match because the intimacy languages are, are similar or levels are sim similar. And I do feel like we entered our friendship in the mentality of radical, like ridiculous, like let's see if this can survive this. <laughs> let's try this now. You know, and I loved the friendship lab setup of that. The fact that it was, and I think that it, it's the first time I'd ever experienced a relationship like that. I don't know if you've had other relationships like that where there was that, okay, like, let's test this. Let's try this. Let's push the edge on this and see what happens. But it, it was totally new to me to go to that, to that extreme with, or not even extreme, but to that. Yeah, radical is the right word. That radical honesty with everything. And it was huge. I mean, I think that it, it set me up to understanding a totally different way of being able to be in relationship between just the amount of time we were in connection and the level to which we were in connection of what we were delving into. It was awesome. And it's, I mean, I think that that's taught me more that couple of years has taught me more about what I want in partnership than I think any other relationship. Yeah, I'm remembering this one time we were in Oregon. And I'm remembering a time, and correct me if I'm not getting this right, or bring your version of the memory in. Um, I remember you said something mean to me. And I remember saying something to you like, oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> this means that you feel safe in the friendship. 
Am I remembering You're completely that right? remembering that right. Yeah. I was standing at <laughs> the stove and something flew out of my mouth and I was just like, I can't believe I just said that. And yeah, that was your response. Yeah. So, so having that kind of relationship where nothing is off limits and it's all material. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that word friendship lab because yeah, that's, I mean, just back to this relationship with God, like that, that yogi scientist that like, ooh, data, ooh. In that way, we, we were in partnership um, through that time, you know, together we shared those teachings in all those different places with all those different people. And so the container was created for us. And, uh, you know, we are no longer in that intense friendship right now. And it doesn't mean we're not still friends. Yeah. It's just currently at this time that uh, intimate wrestling is not our primary focus. I am in a primary sexual romantic relationship that has all my attention. Yeah. Yeah. So no one could have seen that coming. My observation or my thought is that you, like me, also thrive in partnership. And so it doesn't surprise me that a partnership you're in has your full attention. The one place I feel like I failed in our relationship and our friendship was that it it was so important to me. I wish I could have been there for you more when you found your person. But all I could focus on was the fact that um, I was I was losing that primary wrestling partner, you know. I wish I could have shared the joy of it, you know. And I know that I didn't. There is, I mean, there is the feeling that there was something really special about those couple of years, you know, and um, I think it gives me hope and a taste of the fact that as scary as the thought is of risking the known happiness for <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> for the potential cluster that inviting another human being into your life can be like that gets knowing that I got to be in that and knowing that I got to feel that level of um that level of partnering that level of sparring partner that level of support partner you know it's just it's something that I actually have as as a baseline now you know it's something that I have as a touchstone and you are a great partner and I also cherish that time. And I, I miss being that close. Um, you really know how to show up. I miss our walks at dawn. And I miss seeing the sunrise. The thing I've been most aware of over the last few years in our, sort of our transition of being like, less time is that I know you don't share everything with me anymore yeah that's the number one there's so many things but that's the number one thing and so yeah and um I think part of that 
had to be a, a conscious boundary because it was no longer correct to be all in. It was imbalanced to be all in. And so, yeah, it, it had to be this really, I mean, to, at the start, a really conscious, like, checking of self, of picking up the phone to text and going, nope, gonna, like, just not going to, because it was breaking the habit. I mean, we were in conversation <laughs> 20 hours a day, like, we were dreaming at each other. So having to really put myself in the new shape of what our relationship was becoming and, and that I wasn't your primary person anymore. I wasn't your uh, emergency contact. That was, that was a big thing. That was a really big thing. And I think it taught me so much about being kind to myself in that realm because it would have been abusive to myself to continue to try to connect where that was no longer the, the matching connection. That was no longer appropriate for me to show up in that way. With being all in comes the opportunity of hurt. And as we've talked about in several different ways, the strength of devotion, the capacity of devotion, and therefore in this next phase, being very tuned to who you're devoting yourself to next. It's not about being devoted to another person. And I get that now in a way that I just didn't have the consciousness or the language to know before. It's about the devotion to the common goal, the common building of something. I, I don't know that I can find myself out of balance if that truly is what's being if that's truly, you know, I'm, I'm meeting a partner who is equally devoted to the third entity thing we're creating, you know. Be that relationship, be that family, however you speak about it. So, yeah. No, I know there's danger there. And because I know it, I'm vigilant now, you know, in a different way. Being able to recognize now in my history the setup that I gave myself over and over again of being all in with people who are not able to be all in in return. Now I see it clearly enough that I know, like I know the pattern and I know that's not what I want. And I love showing up in that way. So that's, I mean, you asked why do I want a partner or what does it feel like? I love being in devotion and all in and in full sharing of self and in a container that allows for everything to show up and nothing to be off limits. And even when it's gross or icky or awful, that it just, it's still the reality and therefore accepted as the reality and is, is wrestled with. And I don't, I don't have that. I haven't had that for years and I, I miss it. I totally miss it. And I would be fine living the rest of my life without it, but I don't want to. And thanks to you, I know that better now because I've gotten to do it. So, thanks. Anything else? I was going to ask you the same thing. Yeah, I'll say this. that um, I 
I care a lot about you. I miss you. And I'm so happy for where you are right now. I'm really excited to find out what's going to happen next. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I'm glad we talked. And I think I better understand now why I wanted to. Over the past three years, I've second-guessed my experience of our relationship plenty of times. Even, even when I knew I was in love, I wondered whether I was just so screwed up about relationship that I was mixing things up, like I was getting my wires crossed. Hearing her say that we were partners just now, hearing her say that she misses what we had, it does feel like that little confirmation that I wish I didn't need. It's that thing that, that lets me know I'm not crazy. But here's the thing. I still don't feel settled. It still feels like there's something that's been left unsaid or like there's a question that I need to ask to really get to the heart of this thing, to let us really be close again. But when I try to figure out what it is, I just can't articulate it. Weeks pass. I continue to move on with this project. And then I'm listening back to our conversation one morning. And I finally sense what it is that needs to be spoken between us. Just plainly, clearly. She's out of town, so we speak on the phone. I didn't know that I had fallen in love with you until the moment that I knew I had fallen in love with you. But like, was I, did you know before I did that I had feelings for you? Well, that's a great question. Um, I didn't know the angle of the feelings you had for me until you told me that morning in the kitchen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that that's what you meant. Yeah. Um, I knew we were close, but no, I didn't. I didn't know. I'm completely open to being in denial. I'm. I'm open to any accusation anyone wants to make of me. Um, <laughs> does that make sense? Yes. I, I, being blind or in denial or you know but no I really I just I just thought you were an amazing friend yeah yeah <laughs> I just yeah. really felt like you I really also like you know and I, I hope I've said this that you're an amazing friend because I think that that's been one of the things that like I haven't been able to articulate of I I haven't known if my behavior like my parents actually they were so clear of you are really intense in your friendship it was more intense than friendship in their eyes and in me that was always the experience of friendship and so mm. I just 
that the reason that I loved our relationship so much and I was like oh thank god finally this was because um like I felt met in just the closeness and the intimacy and the like freedom to just all all the intensity that I bring and had always brought and had been deemed strange by those outside of the relationships like I could bring it to our relationship when you called uh when you were coming out of solo and you called and I was so happy to hear from you that like I hung up the phone and I was like holy crap I could just suddenly see it you know I was like this is the response of a person who is in love that is what this is and Mm, you the the moment that you defined is such a funny word but named what you were feeling as love was the moment I called you when I was coming out of solo retreat Mm -hmm. And had you never named love before that? I had no idea that I, the feelings that I was feeling were, you know, quote unquote, in love until that moment. Then it was like a month and a half later that I, you know, voiced that to you. And then, you know, just by virtue of circumstances and, and, you know, the presence of then someone else in your life, like things. (laughs) And, um, and then, so now you're asking me, was our friendship, did our friendship feel unusual or too much or more like love or different from other friendships and relationships? Was this an unusually relationship, intense relationship for you to have with a female friend or was that normal for you? And therefore you and I were just well met in that kind of like partnership, friendship thing. I just never, well, I'll say that, first I'll just say that I, I, my friendship with you was close, but I never read it other than intimately connected around this pursuit of understanding and connection. Does that make sense? Like I, no, totally. Because if I had, I hope I would have said something. Do you know, like if I had really understood and I mean now, you know, even in retrospect, I, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that even turning that lens, everything changes for me. Does that make sense? Like I don't, it doesn't sour or color or change or, um, diminish or nothing it doesn't take away from our friendship no it doesn't to me either because for those two years I it's not like I was like holding on to something that I wasn't speaking like it's just once I saw it then like or and for all I know it's that is just simply the moment I arrived at that do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. but everything prior had been what it was and awesome and still is like when I look back at it it still is the only thing I would say, there was one thing that always, like, what was that? Or what was I potentially misreading there was when we ended up going to Mexico. After I'd let her know I'd fallen in love with her, and after she'd let me know that she didn't reciprocate those feelings, we kind of entered a whole new level of friendship lab. The question was still the same. Can our friendship grow and strengthen even in the face of this? We'd had a vacation to Mexico planned for months and we decided to keep it on the calendar. 
So four months into trying to figure out how to navigate the heartache without losing the friendship, we flew down together, shared a room, and we had a really sweet time together. But it also was like, wait, was that then like okay behavior for two people who were just friends who were trying to not, who I like, who were trying to stay friends? You know, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a taking for granted. I mean, because for example, if you had been a man mm-hmm. and you hadn't expressed interest to me mm-hmm. and I had not been interested, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone on that trip. Right. So that's true. Yeah. So there's a different, there's a definitely a different standard. Yeah. That, that, that I'm holding and that's that there. Maybe that's really unfair or I'm not sure, but it's like we had a closeness before. Yeah. yeah. We we had that before. Yeah. And I maybe there was just some effort to normalize mm. or to not shut out. Yeah. You know, just like honestly, I have no idea why you were still interested in even being in friendship with me simply because I know that I was a total train wreck once and I had told you that like I'd recognize that these feelings had arisen and you had been you know very clear I hear you and you know this isn't this isn't where my karma is like I know for that next I hope I didn't use that word I you did no no right no. I... well um no actually I think you did say my karma is with a man or your dharma maybe you oh. said your dharma my dharma is with a man. <laughs> I'm, oh God, I'm really embarrassed <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, but it was appropriate at the time. It was totally appropriate at the time. Okay. I was a horrible human being to be around. Just just sadness and the anger and like the like base animal responses that were coming up, you know, of like now I'm losing my person. And I don't even know why I'm going down this this road. When you ask about staying your friend as you were going through that time, like really caring about you, loving you, and really wanting to still be your friend. And, you know, I guess, you know, the truth is is that X number of years later, like, we are not as close as we were in that way. Right. We have history. I I feel like it's getting, I don't want to say getting better, but it's shifted back into more ease recently. No, totally. I've absolutely been feeling the same. And I think it began with that first conversation in the booth together. Something about beginning to turn together to look at the elephant in our relationship has, for me at least, allowed for something like an exhale. These past weeks, I've found myself feeling more spontaneously open with her, more relaxed, just happier. Back to this idea of where we feel met. You know, and just like there's just a certain mystical alchemical chemistry of mind and heart and body that is obviously and appropriately rare. And it's unusual and special. And so, again, back to the question when you asked me. How could you still be my friend? It's because I know how rare our connection really is. 
I feel so much love for you right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same for you. I think we all have these spots in our stories that we don't entirely understand or we're not sure where they fit in the narrative. So we kind of hold them to the side. We don't look at them with more than this peripheral glance. We wait for them to make sense before claiming them wholly. I think that when we do that, something deep within us feels split. And it wants, it wants integration, it wants to be whole. And to do that, it calls us to face it, to be with it, to, to invite its wisdom in, even if we don't understand it yet. Perhaps there's nowhere that that's more true than our history with our relationships. You know, at the top of our conversation, my friend asked me what it is to feel so strongly that I want partnership. And I was able to give her a pretty clear answer of what that feels like. But... I don't have nearly as satisfying an answer for the why. I, I don't understand yet how my dichotomous experiences of sex without partnership and partnership without sex fit together to point me towards one whole lasting love. But the investigation has made me curious as to why I'm feeling suddenly so compelled towards partnership in the first place. So that's where I feel these questions are leading us next. From the friendship lab to the social psychology lab. Join me next week when I ask social scientist Dr. Duana Welch. I get the biological drive to perpetuate the species, but why do I feel the urge to pair off if I'm not looking to procreate? And you'll be surprised to hear what science says the real divorce rate is. That's next time on Curious Love. I have a fun announcement if you're interested in more details about the life circumstances that brought us here into this exploration together, or if you're just interested in hearing more about the relationship we spoke about today. My book, which is a kind of prequel to this series, is available for pre-order. You can find out more about The Overthinker's Guide to Love, a story of real-life experiments turned practical wisdom, at theoverthinkersguide.com. Thank you to my conversation partner this week. And as always, thank you, listener, for joining me. I'll see you back here next week for the next installment of Curious Love. Mm-hmm.